We come to this place for magic. We come to pop pull review, to laugh, to cry, to drink. Because we need that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when we hit the play button and go somewhere we've never been before. Sound that I can feel. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. Together. Pop Poor Review. We make movie podcasts better. I've been in the world 37 hours. I've seen pancakes, and stairs, and birds, and windows, and hundreds of cars, and clouds, and police, and doctors, and grandma and grandpa. But Ma says they don't live together in the hammock house anymore. Hey guys, welcome to Pop Poor Review the Movie Podcast. I am Matt, along with Jimmy and Kelly. Hi. Hi. And today we are talking about number 194 on the IMDb Top 250. Jimmy, would you like to say who it is, or what it is? Room. I was going to start it off saying we're traveling back to 2015, which I guess is almost 10 years now. No. No. Seven. Seven. Well, if you round up, it's 10. You round up three years. <laughs> <laughs> you just, we skipped it. Ooh, we're 10 you years You can now. also round down to zero years. Okay, Jimmy, would you like to grace us with a summary? Or would you mean, do you mean the entire movie plot? Yes, I would. <laughs> Room tells the extraordinary story of Jack, a spirited five-year-old who was looked after by his good mother. Okay, I missed the line there. That said devoted mother. I don't know. I, I skipped I skipped the line. Uh you yeah, you skipped loving and devoted mother, period. Like just, any good mother. Should we just call Brie Larson that no Ma, good mother? Good mother. Good ma. Let me start this over. Have you ever listened to our Suicide Squad episode? No. Because I don't, you should just listen to the beginning. Because I actually, you messed up so many times with. Was it Bell Rev? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it was. That was literally Jimmy. I literally Bell Reeve. You, you. Oh, it is Bell. Oh, you said yeah. I don't. I, I don't know. I was. Oh, uh, Bell Reeve. So you you messed up so many times. I would put like a blooper sound. A collection of nutty cons at Bell Rev Reeve. What the fuck? <laughs> a collection of nutty cons at Bell Rev uh, Reeve. R E V E. That's like Rev Reeve. Rev, it's this, Rev, it's like no. read and read or read and read, okay. whatever it is. A collection of nutty cons at Bell Reef. Reef. <laughs> okay. A collection of nutty cons at Bell Reef Prison join the super secret, super shady task force X as they are dropped off at a remote enemy infused island of Corto Maltese, trekking through the jungle, teeming with militant militant adversaries and guerrilla forces at every turn the squad is on a search and destroy mission i feel like we were okay. just learning someone like watching someone learn to read for the first time <laughs> literally <laughs> it was like you just, just watch the beginning listen to the beginning it's like a voicemail it was over and over again sorry continue okay room tells the extraordinary story of jack a spirited five-year-old who is looked after by his loving and devoted mother like any good mother ma dedicates herself to keeping jack happy and safe nurturing him with the warmth and love and doing typical things like playing games and telling stories their life however is anything but typical they are trapped confined to a 10 by 10 foot space that ma has euphemistically named room ma has created a whole universe for jack within room and she will stop at nothing to ensure that even in this church <laughs> Even in this treacherous treacherous environment, Jack is able to live. <laughs> What's happening? Jack is able to live a complete and fulfilling life. But as Jack's curiosity about their situation grows and Ma's resilience reaches its breaking point, they enact a risky plan to escape, ultimately bringing them face to face with what may be out turn out to be the scariest thing yet: the real world. What happened there? I kept saying room. The way he kept saying room, he kept also like pausing before saying he's like because I was trying not to laugh. He's like, too. He's like what she you, she euphemistically called room, and then he said it again, and he was like, as they try to navigate room. That was your best one yet, because literally, like the pauses, dramatic effect. You, you told effect. me to be more dramatic, and I'm being more dramatic. There was even like little dashes in there that made me see. Oh, I need <laughs> I oh so you're dramatic. reading punctuation correctly? Reading punctu- that you had oh, to okay. breathe. You had to breathe. Room. Can you please give everyone a warning? You are now entering the spoiler zone. 
So, Broom, 2015, directed by Lenny Abrahamson, written by... <laughs> written an Abramson? Is there an H in there? Or no? Yeah. A- Abrahamson sounds... Does not sound I try. Right. I practiced. I practiced this name at work. Abramson, with who? Myself. <laughs> By yourself. <laughs> I was in the. I was in my office. Like, Ab- Abramson. I was Abramson. like, where, where on earth did you practice this at work? Abramson. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Did right. I ever say it wrong? Hold on. Google will not tell us. Okay. Lenny Abramson. Thank you. The writer is Emma Donahue. The IMDb rating is eight point one. The Rotten Tomato score is. I like this when this happens. Critics is ninety three percent. And guess what? Audience is. 93%. 93%. I love when they're equal. Uh, the box office. Domestic is 14.6 million. Worldwide is 36.3. I have adjusted for inflation, but it didn't go up that much. Uh, <laughs> it went up like a million for domestic. It's like seven years. It went up a million for domestic and like seven for worldwide. Um, what I did learn, I forgot how many Oscars this had. I thought it was just, I thought it was just. Uh, Four Oscars. Okay. Well, you know, no one can one see you. Uh, what are they? Best actress is the winner. Mm-hmm. Best screenplay, ad- I'm sorry, adapted screenplay. Thank you. Best picture and best director. I forgot that I got picture and director. I remember because I was like, oh, it's kind of like Beast of the Southern Wild where like that came out of nowhere. Did that get best picture? You got best picture and director. And director. I remember best picture. I don't remember best director. I remember best director because people were like that came out of like nowhere. But I was like, okay, I like it because I like that film. I just want to quickly see what it lost to. I forgot. Um, so best pick. This is the ones that are nominated for the com- competition. Best picture was Spotlight One, The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, and Room. Oh, this was the year that Mad Max sweeped all the technicals. Yes. Uh, director. Um, Alejandro Iranitu won for The Revenant. Best Actor. Oh, that wasn't a nomination. Brie Larson won. And then Screenplay, Adapted Screenplay was The Big Short. So I'm like, even though all those categories were great, I kind of like, the movies that won were very good as well. So, And then the drink today is the 10 by 10. Cola, Loverboy's Express Martini, Milk, and Vodka. Try it. No. And see how you like it. It is a drink. I've seen it. It is a drink. It's just Coca-Cola instead of... Coca-Cola and Loverboy? No, but no, 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 no. Wait, like low-fat milk, skim milk, whole milk? I, no, listen, I can li- deal with the milk with the espresso martinis, but the cola. No, here's the thing. So the recipe that I saw, take out the espresso martini and put in ch- coffee co- coffee liqueur. That's better. I feel like that's okay, but because of the espresso martinis, because they have such a strong fucking taste, like... Yeah, so is coffee liqueur. But, but that's I don't good. Know. To be clear, we are not liable for any of you undertaking this experimental drink that none of us have tried. So if you get sick, it's your own fault and you can't sue us because I said it. <laughs> also, that's our lawyer speaking. And also, if you are trying it, please let us know because I'm curious if other people like it. Okay, so moving on, we are going to shotgun facts. Number one, the first month of shoot. Oh. The first month of the shoot. <laughs> Are you talking like them in room now? The first month of shoot. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> shoot. Hi, wall. Um, the first month of the shoot was filmed on a tiny 11 by 11 set with director Lenny Abramson. Abramson and his crew working ex- entirely with within the confines of the limited space. In keeping with the claustrophobic themes, walls were never removed in order to facilitate filming which meant that shooting around the kitchen space, bathtub, and other features of the room required a lot of creativity. The director himself sp- spent a lot of time in the bathtub because that was the one place he could lie and not be visible during a complex take. He described the cramp shooting experience as being like the game Tetris. I like that they actually made it super small because you felt it. It's always fun to like ha- like watch movies and then hear about movies where they actually... like to scale or like just came up with these different ways to film things like i i think the biggest one is probably parasite for me building that house just purely for filming like don't get jimmy started on I was about parasite to say, I was, i'm like i'm like design. looking at him no i thought oh i think you're gonna say something else architectural digest, <laughs> <laughs> that architectural digest. oh was that i can't hear you it was an architectural digest why can't you not speak in normal tone I feel like this is more of like towards like the one shot things where like they're like, okay, so. But it makes you feel the claustrophobia. No, I know. But they say like the way it was like filmed, it's like when you do like a one take mm-hmm. thing where like people are jumping behind walls or like ducking or no, no. Like in uh, 
This is what I was trying to think. Last night in Soho, when they're switching back and forth between Anya Taylor-Joy and... Uh, you like in-camera well, effects. That twirling thing. Yeah, the in-camera effects where they're kind of ducking behind Matt Smith and they kind of coming back out around him when it's like that. That's what that this kind of reminds me of. No, yeah, I agree. Because I think it also... It just helps. It made the direct. I think it was a good choice for director. It was good. It probably made the actors feel. It probably is why this movie's so good. Uh, number two, down to the minute, half of the film takes place during the character's captivity, and the remaining half takes place after their return to the outside world. Yeah, I didn't remember that. I thought it was less outside world, more room. No, I thought it was less room and more outside world. I'm. I thought it was what it was because I remember. I almost had to leave the theater because he was trying to escape room and I, I couldn't handle it anymore. And I rewatched this and I was, I, I actually like stand up and just run no, away. but actually later on in the movie, like after that scene, I was like, I was like, I had, I was breathing heavily, but you knew he gets, I out. knew it when I first saw it. Cause I knew the trailer there in the outside world and he wasn't in a truck. I had no idea what this movie was when I first saw it. I only got, I, when I watched it, I had never seen a trailer. I hadn't seen anything. I just knew it was nominated so I was like, okay, whatever. I'm going to watch it. No idea what the fuck was going on. So honestly. Oh, you saw it after it got nominated for the Oscars? Yes. Okay. I had no, I had never seen the trailer. I had never heard of it. I didn't know the premise. I didn't know it was a book. I didn't know anything. So watching this movie was like straight up, like such a joy. Plus like my favorite thing is to watch a movie where I know nothing about it. And it ends up being so good. That like it, it absolutely delighted. It is. It's so good. It's so good. But like, yeah, I, I I didn't know anything about it. I just we saw it. I guess me and Jimmy went to go see it. And I just remember I actually I've never there's that's why I'm like, I know it's a good movie or I know it's a really bad movie when I have a very visceral reaction to it. <laughs> like we just saw a movie recently that I had. A, I literally just started laughing and I never do that. <laughs> and this movie, I literally Jimmy, I literally stood up and almost walked out. He did. He stood up and he was like, you're like, you're like, Jimmy, like you're like, sit, sit down. down. <laughs> Thank God we were in the back row because I was like, I just I can't breathe. I can't. <laughs> it happened twice when rewatching this one. The, the scene when he's in wardrobe. And like he makes the noise with the car, I literally was like, "Oh God, I can't breathe!" And then this one, it only twice have I seen you get up in a theater. What was the second time? Hereditary. Oh. I went to go leave the theater during Hereditary too. Oh God, that! <laughs> and it wasn't even. It was the when she was having an allergic reaction. He's but like, you oh. have to understand. You know, not not when you know the mother finds her decapitated daughter in a no, car. No, because Alex, during is it, this, is it, the, is it because during, you could relate to the allergic? No, reaction? because I literally could be, see. I at the time I was allergic to dairy, and she was having what was it? Peanuts. It was peanuts. I li- she she couldn't find her epipen. She she was, couldn't breathe. I literally was like. Oh God, I can feel myself in this situation. It makes me stress now. Like literally, I'm, no, I'm, not, my t- I'm, I have a ball in my, but, but t- not, in my stomach but right not now. But not the, I mean, there are more chaotic scenes. In the yeah, but, but he can relate to it. But that's like craziness where I'm like, it's, it's, it, I don't, yeah, I could, this one was like, I, I could be, I, now, that could happen to me. Now, did yes, it? Yes, technically, could I be a, what, what, were they could possessed? Could I get decapitated? Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. now when, she was decapitated? Decapi- sure, sure. when she was Knock decapitated, sure, sure. Knock on wood, I hope I don't. And, and she wasn't having the allergic reaction anymore. Did you calm down? Yeah, no, because Jimmy, I she was like, uh, and I was like, oh and then, god, and then she was decapitated. <laughs> you're like, oh god, I can't hear the breathing anymore. I mean, not to sound like rude, but I was like, I the scene. Oh, just, thank I, god, she's dead. No, no, but no, like but the Jimmy, scene I was like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be as phased by the decapitated scene as I was by the allergic reaction. That's like when we were watching everything, everywhere, all at once. A li- I guess it's a, a tiny bit of spoiler when he was doing the paper cuts between his fingers. Like, it's just fucking paper cuts, but I was like, oh, oh. Like, I was, like, cringing in my seat and wanted to cover my eyes. But, like, I could watch literally someone get, like, an ex blown out the fucking door, go back, like, 10 feet, wouldn't bother me, or someone's head get run over, no issues. But, like, watching someone do paper cuts, something that I know how it feels in between the fingers, is so much worse. It's something you can you can feel or see yourself in. Like, Are you guys, like, trying to tell me that that didn't, like... No, it did. No, it did. I... Didn't there's no, but there's been much. times where like you're like, oh, all these craziness, like dem- demonic things. Sure, no, thank you. But there was something you're like that I can't do. There was one thing like during a movie where you're like, all this like was a vomiting devil and stuff, and then you're like, no, I can't do this. I can't remember what the movie is, but you had that. You saw yourself in that moment. You're like, I can't be in that moment. I vaguely it's too real. I can't remember what it is. You know what I'm talking about though. You I, there's a, there was a thing. I don't know what it was, but it was too real for but you. But I can't remember seeing a movie like that with with you and you being fine enough to remember that. 
Like if we were seeing a demonic possession no, movie no, no, where you, you're just like you yeah. weren't that visceral like I was, but you said I don't, I, but I'm, you said I'm emotionless when I watch no, no, movies. No. It was after the fact you said like the, all that craziness, like the demonic stuff and that well, all that craziness I can do. But then you said something you're like that was just too to real for me. There was one thing that I remember getting nauseous with in a movie. It was it was probably <clears throat> I feel like you told me about this before and you were like I got sick to my stomach because it was so disgusting. You missed like the third like thing that. where I was visceral in the theater. What? During Insidious 2. Oh, I thought it was a quiet place. Oh, Where yes. all my when limbs. you lost control of all your limbs. <laughs> Insidious 2 or Insidious 1? It was Insidious 2. two where she ran through the closet. When she ran through the closet, and I'm like, Matt, she's going to run through the closet. And you're like, what? And then all of a sudden, she ran through the closet, and he... Literally, it looks like I projected off my seat. My arms and legs became like spaghetti. I was like, ah! Because I was about to be like, because Insidious 1... I can understand because I did not watch that fucking movie. I was so fucking scared of that. I'm I like, think that's the most I've ever been like in a theater where I was like, I literally don't want to be here anymore. See, Insidious though was literally just being scared. Like Hereditary in the room, it's like I, I had a out of body where I'm like, I can't, I can't watch this. It's too stressful. But anyway, number three, this is the first film distributed by A24 to receive a Best Picture nomination. What were the, was and there? I a, think the only film by A24 to no. date. No, 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 no. Was it uh, Minari? Best picture? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Wait, you're right, you're right. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Moon, Moonlight won Best Picture. Oh, that's true. I forgot. That's I keep forgetting that's A24. I think of A24 as either like horror, horror or or just weird. I was about. I was gonna say the floor. I was like, no, the floor project. Lady got, Bird. Like, no love. Lady Bird got it. Did Uncut Gems? Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Number four: Emma Watson, Rooney Mara, Shane Lee Woodley. And Mia, how do you pronounce the girl that was Alice from Alice Wonderland? Mia Wasikowska. Okay. They were all considered for the role of Ma. Oh, I, Emma Watson is not a good role. She I can only see Shanley Woodley. She, yeah, because of Big Little Lies. But uh, what do you call it? Emma Watson, too much of a baby face. Who are the Mia Wasikowska? Shanley Woodley and, and Rooney Mara. I can see Rooney Mara. I can, I, can see, I can see Emma Stone also as well. Yeah, I can see I can see the most like in this role, like not Brie Larson, is Shanley Woodley, but a close second would probably be Rooney Mara. I I can't see Shanley Woodley in this at all. Really? Yeah. I oh. can see Shailene Woodley in this, but the thing is is that I No, I can see Shailene Woodley because the based on the way she acted in Big Little Lies with a child, I could totally see it. Mm-hmm. And I she had that same like kind of relationship with the kid in Big she, Little Lies. The, she knows how to create a warm relationship yeah. with her co star. Emma Watson, that's definitely not a good fit for her. No. That would have been horrible. Mia Wasikowska, I'm trying to think about it. It's like I can see it, but I also can't see it. And it's been such a long time since I've actually seen her in anything, honestly. The last one I can think of is The Kids Are All Right. That's the only thing I can That's no. the last thing I can Stoker. Think I saw Stoker uh, and. Oh my God. Stoker. Ma- Map to the Stars, I think it was. The hell is that? With I Robert didn't. Pattinson and Julianne Mouha. 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 I didn't. It see was that. not great. So Stoker is the last thing I can remember her in. Honestly, actually, all. I can't see Mia Wasikowska with the child. Mm-hmm. I can't see her with Jake Tremblay. Yeah, and then finally, number five is Emma Donahue wrote the screenplay to her novel before the novel was even published. I don't know if that's the exact one. So they did used. she write the book first or the play? The the she wrote the play. book and then before it was, I guess, published. She wrote the screenplay She's like, for I got, it. I got a little bit of time. I can just write a screenplay. But She's like, like, I know I got a hit. So no one, no one can take my thunder. Well, no, I was, uh, yeah, but also I was like, I, it brought to the question when I was reading that fact. I was like, does it make the movie better if the person who wrote the book? writes the movie yes and we're and i'm gonna and then i found this article that had yes, i'm gonna now? tell you right now oh yes i know i'm sorry yes i know because like i have two things right here ready okay. let me see if the, yeah, that might be the ones on Gill- Gillian, Gillian flynn gone girl yes. she's in this list okay now no good jk rowling in the fantastic but that's not a that's that not wasn't a book, a book. that was you that's what the problem it's she not just a book wrote at all. a screenplay like Fine. a book okay but gillian flynn but i do i do is it gillian or jillian i thought it was gillian not sure Gillian, if you're Ms. listening. Miss Flynn, if, if you could answer Ms. us. Miss Flynn. <laughs> but no, I, but it wasn't, Fantastic Beasts isn't a book. Like, it's like a book, but not an actual book, like the way the movie is. So it's like, do we falter for that or do we not falter for that? I don't because I it's falter, not a book. But I falter because she wrote the screenplay like a book. But to me, those are two separate issues. Like writing, like, I think she wrote, that was the problem. But like, I wish I would, I wish she would have wrote one of the Harry Potter movies. Because I wanted to see if, like, 
they were like Fantastic Beasts, but I guess not because she would have ruined it. Well, yeah, because it would have. Yeah. Certain things would be better as a book. Like we're going back to Men, the movie Men. And I didn't I was name thinking, it, but yeah. Oh, okay. We were talking about that before. But I was thinking, I'm like, okay, so whatever he was trying to get across did not go over well on screen. But in on paper, I think it, it's better established and better. Now, when you read. say now, when you say paper, like if you so you're saying if you just read the script, or you like like a book that gives it more detail, a book that gives it more detail, which okay. is probably what the screenplay has, because you know it has the cues of yeah. what they're feeling, their inner turmoil. Yeah, like so the, like because I, I was, was thinking, I'm like that would have been a great book. I it did not translate well. To I was film. thinking that I was like. Jesse Buckley. I was like, what made her sign on to this? And I was like, maybe it was the script was really, it, it, it was like one of those things where it sounded Alex, better. It's Alex Garland. No, I know, but it, it probably, the book might, the, the message might have come across better in the screenplay than it did actually filming it and the things that they did in the movie. I won't spoil it. If you're seeing it, have fun. I'm just going to say that. But these were the 10 movie adaptations of books that are written by the author and most of them are good, but some of them aren't. Um... Perks of Being a Wallflower. Good. For me. The Godfather. Good. Which, I mean, it's a classic. Yes. Uh, is it called Earl and the Dying... Me, Earl and the Dying Girl. I never saw that. I never watched it. Doubt. Doubt was good. But Gone Doubt, Girl. Doubt was a stage play, I thought. Not a book. But, it, but it it's still a, adapted from like a, a book or uh, the person who wrote the okay. original Here, wrote the new. Okay, see. I don't if it, it's if it's a stage adaptation to film, I don't consider that because stage adaptations are written more like film than they are. You just consider book. a movie that wasn't a book before with Fantastic Beasts. I thought I forgot that the second one. It's a stage play. Yeah, I, I, that's because it's more. But what, what I'm getting at, though, is Written that... the like a, a film. But like what a, I'm getting at is the person who wrote the original wrote the movie. Okay, I just don't... Cons- I agree with Jimmy just for the fact that the person who wrote a stage play is writing it for actors to act out. It's not supposed to be written like a book. So I kind of... I see where Jimmy's coming from because it's like the way it's written is supposed to be acted out. It's supposed to be in a medium where you see it. Like you're supposed to have... Viola Davis has big monologue in that. No, no, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying I'm I'm giving the point where it's like if someone else wrote it, could it have been as good? Or is the person I'm saying the person who wrote the original and knows it so well wrote the new one? But the person who wrote Doubt is writing it to be performed. Yeah. No, no, so I, so you know they know what works and what doesn't. When you're writing a when you're writing from a book adaptation, there are going to be some things that are like that's not going to translate well onto screen. No, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, I was just saying... I, but, there, but we do have a, a, a one thing against it, even though they didn't write it. <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen. But did the original person write it? I don't know. I don't no, know. no, no. Well, that's no, what I'm saying. No. Would it have been better if the original one wrote, wrote it? I'm, it was just questions that I was asking myself. No, because the play is icky. But you also don't like you the play to begin like with. You also don't like the play to begin no, with. Yeah. I like the play. So I'm going back to the list. Number six, Gone Girl. I think that yes. she translated that so beautifully. Not one recognition for her. Well, on the Oscars. Um, number five, Hellraiser. Hellraiser, like the horror movie? Clive Barker. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the book is. But Hellraiser wasn't bad. It was strange. A lot of body horror. Number four, I've never... Stephen King wrote... Was it Maximum Overdrive? Oh. And he wrote and directed it. That's, so a ho- that's, that's considered one of the worst So that was a negative ever. one. Yeah, yeah, that's a negative one. Number three, which I'm really kind of sad to say this. I didn't realize Jurassic... Park, Park a was a book. Yeah, yeah. Michael Crichton. I I, not, I found that out during this little research you know, here. Which uh, I was, fun fact. Fun fact. Do you know what else Michael Crichton wrote? What? Westworld. Oh, I did read that when I was reading about it. He him. wrote the movie because it's not a book. Good, because Jurassic Park's one of my favorite. No, movies. yeah. Uh, number two, Goodfellas. Also another movie I know was a book. Good. Um, and then number one is The Exorcist. I think what was it? Was take out doubt because I know you guys had the different things. Maximum but Overdrive. Is maximum the Overdrive is the only one where like the person who wrote it wrote both the book and the movie did not turn out well. But I feel like if you wrote the original adaptation, the original source, you should write the new one because sometimes the person doesn't realize the nuances you have. And, and, and see right here, I think why Stephen King's maximum overdrive did not. He did like JK well, Rowling is he directed it. So there was no one there to be like, um, no, no. that doesn't work. <laughs> 
like I know David Fincher and Gillian Flynn worked very well together when making Gone Girl. So like they were supposed to have other projects coming out and I don't know what the fuck happened there. But like I think like he would be like he would tell her like mm, no and then she'd be like mm, yes and then vice versa. Well I want to get into that but I want to take a break really quickly. That was our shotgun facts. We'll be right back and we're going to continue this conversation. Hello, my name is Brucker Nurse, and I want to tell you about my fun horror movie podcast called Autopsy of a Horror Movie. On my show, I like to have fun dissecting out what makes a horror movie scary, what worked for it, what didn't, what types of fears does it play off of. Is it an allegory for any sort of message? I don't know, but let's find out. Also, I like to watch slashers. I'm a big slasher guy, so I'll watch a slasher and do a kill grade for it. I will cover the kills and I will tell you how I would grade it based on shock, method, style points, and a fourth category that is a reflection of the movie. Besides those, I'll have fun with special topic episodes, commentary tracks, interviews with guests, including some Shutter directors, so I just like to have a fun time over here. If any of this sounds interesting to you or you just want to come check me out, please Head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere they listen to podcasts and search for Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Also, be sure to find me on Instagram, at Brucker Horror, where you get fun updates and some cool little posts that I do. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you get to enjoy the show, and I'll see you on Instagram. Bye. And we're back, and I wanted to continue that conversation because I had that in my notes for Room, that the director and the writer, I think they had a very good balance because they they said, like, he, um, the director wanted to have scenes of, like, more graphic rape and stuff like that, and the writer was like, no. The movie's not about the rape. No, no, but... The movie's so, about, about the mother and the son and how... And which I thought was was about how they acclimate back to real life. And everyone thought, oh my God, this kid, he didn't have any social cues. Like he's never really, he's only known his mother. And he was the one who was like, I'm fine. No, I know. And but then the mother, she was the one who had the issues going back. Well, because he didn't know anything different. Mm-hmm. But but no, the the director wanted to have a more graphic rape scene. The writer was like, no, like what we have paints the picture enough. It's not necessary. So she's not necessary. And then I was also reading, they had like the, the trivia for Room, they said like all these things that they cut out of the movie, which was like just, you know, in a book, it adds to the like the depth and the more of the imagination you're picturing, but she cut it out. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense because they had the, just the right story where if you added more, it would probably would have became overstuffed. Mm-hmm. And I think their balance was actually very good. And I thought of like David Fincher and Gillian Flynn. So I was like, oh, okay. See, there is, and then there, yeah, then there's the Stephen King when did that come out? What was it? The Maximum 80s, Overdrive? The 80s, like late 70s, early 80s. I'd maybe? never even heard of that movie. Yes, you've seen a picture of, of one the of the car. trucks. Yeah, you've seen a picture. It's is like it a the, blue truck. Oh, I was going to say, because the picture I saw for that article I was reading, it was Stephen King. I think he was also in it. Yeah, he's in... And it was like a truck that had like the green goblin yeah. on the front. Yeah, I never saw that picture. You've never seen that? No, that's why I've never heard of this movie before. Jim, what did you think of the directing? I loved it. I thought it was... Great. Um, he was able to direct one of the best performances I think I will see in my lifetime of of Jacob Tremblay. And it is a shame that he was completely snubbed because he was just, I think he was seven when he filmed eight. it. Was he eight? He was he eight playing it? five. Yeah. No, I thought I thought that's why I think you can tell a good director when they like what we were saying before, when it's such a small space and they can make it feel like you're not watching the same thing over and over again. I was like. I, I'm fine if this whole movie was in the room because I was like, I, I'm sorry, was in room. It was in the room. room. Sorry. It's the room. It was in room. I'm getting confused. Is is the Tommy Wiseau movie? That's the room. That's the room. I remember when we, when I first said room, we were like, oh, we're doing room next week. Kelly's like, which one? I was like, I don't think the other one's on the IMDb <laughs> top 250, but sure. We well, let's it might clarify. be on the bottom 100. Yeah, there is that also. Did you know? Oh, yes. I, I didn't know that. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I think, I, I know you guys don't like, um, one Night in Miami, but I thought Regina King did a very similar thing where she was just from one hotel room. And to me, at least, I felt like I was. it was this grand movie, even though it was just one well, room. Well, being in one space reminds me a lot of seeing a Broadway play. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that from this. And I think, because like, I think with One Night in Miami, I remember watching that and being like, I feel like I'm watching a play. Like, I, I could have seen this in the theater. I think it would have been better. This one... You don't seem that because I don't think you'd get the same claustrophobic feel. 
don't think you can on a Broadway play to give that same. I mean, the feel. remember when we saw um, um, nineteen eighty four, mm-hmm. the play, that is as close as like you can get to feeling claustrophobic, but it's not claustrophobic because. You, it's hard because you, you, you this, have this whole theater. That's yeah, the thing, though. But you had this, this um, with nineteen eighty four, this this thing like, oh my god, Jennifer Lawrence wanted to puke after this. People are walking out. Wait, am I thinking? Wait, nineteen eighty four with Olivia, Olivia Wilde. Wilde. Jennifer Lawrence wanted to puke after that. Yeah, do you not remember the end of that play? They're ripping his teeth out, and you see it, and there's blood like spewing. Oh, because they have the cameras, face, and, and like it's on. They have the camera, and it's like shown. I okay, now I remember. Yeah, yeah. It's and the, and the whole thing was like you can't. You can't leave if you get up to leave the theater to go to the bathroom or anything. You cannot get back in. That was a whole yes, thing. that I remember. Yeah, because they wanted you to feel that claustrophobic. Like, I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. So I don't think it worked when that movie. Um, oh my God, what's the Netflix movie with Chadwick Boseman? His last one. Oh, Marini's Black Black Bottom. Marini's Black Bottom. No, Marini's. Oh yeah, Black yeah, Bottom. Yeah, Marini's Black Bottom. I did not enjoy the one set. I didn't like it for the, I liked the performances. I, I felt, didn't like the movie itself. I felt so, what do you call it? I felt so stagnant yeah. that it made me not want to watch the movie. But also, even with the room, even though we it, it, it changed you, shots, but even when it yeah exactly, even when it made you feel claustrophobic, when you get to the end shot when they're saying bye to room, it's even fucking smaller yeah. than you thought it was. And I think he did an amazing job opening up such a small space so we could get the point of view of Jacob Tremblay's character. Because mm-hmm. it's just like when he looked up in Skylight and everything, you it did look bigger. Mm-hmm. But then when they went, at it, it, I thought it was such a great shot when they did the ending and they went to go say bye. And like he kind of saw like, fuck, this was really fucking tiny. Well, I think it was also that's just like a very well shot movie because they, they, they chose the right angles to use during the room scenes to make it feel claustrophobic, but still like large, like it, he mm-hmm. was living his whole life. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the last one. It was, was kind of just like a panning shot of it, which is lit. And everything was like half in half out. So like, it just looked like you're in like one of those like really bad studio apartments where like the, the toilets in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're just kind of like, fuck. Like, Oh yeah. They lived here for eight seven years, years. Yeah, eight, seven, seven, eight years. Yeah. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. And it's just like, but that's like a testament to the way he filmed it. Cause it's like, I think that was like the actual room that they were filming they did. in. Yeah. And it yeah. was like, like 11 by 11. I think I said, yeah. Like, ugh. no, yeah. That's why I was like, I, I and I think, it, I think that also helped. I think this movie did from what I'm reading, like at least with Brie Larson stuff, she did method without doing method. Like she just like really like got in her head, but she didn't like act it throughout the whole filming. But like, I think that kind of stuff helps a performance. Instead of just being like, oh, like we're moving a wall, but you still feel that whole like crew and everything. When there was just probably like a cameraman, the director in the toilet, I mean, in the, in the in the tub, and the two of them, like you get that whole claustrophobic feel, which then makes you probably drive you crazy, which what she was going towards. Mm-hmm. Well, she said she did also isolate herself a little isolate bit. Isolate herself for a month. She goes, oh, I like staying home alone. Like, this will be fun. And then like, she said like, after, she like, was she crying was, she every was, day. Like, losing it. Can you do that? Can you isolate yourself? No, I mean we we almost not by yourself it. though. You were with people this whole time with of COVID. You that the, oh, in the beginning that was just pretty much the two of us. That's true. That's true. And I you was were like, going what are you to work. About? Oh my god! Wait, I meant that now that you brought up COVID. You know what weirdly triggered me? Jacob Tremblay wearing a mask, and I was like, this movie was like, I was like, this kid before gets it. <laughs> like this movie was this literally kid gets it set or five years before. The pandemic started. And, and they were like, he's got like no immunity, so he needs to wear a mask. And I'm like, and he, no problem. He can breathe. He, he breathes fine. He didn't die. He didn't suffocate. He was the most, he, he grew the most. See, masks work. Are we are we off the soapbox now? Or Yes. Okay. No, I remember I thought that. I was like, oh, I remember when COVID just started. I remember we were doing reviews and I'm like, oh, what movie was it? It was a, it was a movie where the party scene and I was like, I feel, I feel like, I, I, sh- I was like, oh, I don't like this. I don't well, like all I, these crowds. What, I do wow. that now when I'm watching new movies and I'm uh, like, oh my God, what was I watching? I remember because you told me and you were like, I was so weirded out because I was like, they should be wearing masks. Was it that Issa Rae movie? Oh, oh. Um, Lovebirds? Uh, Lovebir- it might have been that. It might have been that. I feel I like it might have been Lovebirds because we were just like, oh, we can't do any of that. I know what it was. Okay. <laughs> I was watching uh, The Girl from Plainville and I was like, 
Oh, she's at a party, and I'm like, I want to go to a party. That also, that, but that, that also, also didn't even take place in no, that no, year. No, no, but they, no, no. But they, sh- I know they shot it during the. But pandemic. they shot it like the the pandemic's still technically happening. When did they shoot it? Like, was it like 2021? Yeah, it was 2021. Okay, but I was, but, but, but my whole thing was like, oh, remember like when you can go to a bar and not worry about it. You can now. You can, but it's still in the back of my mind. Like, oh, I remember having triggering moments where there's too many people. Now I'm like, just a mask. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> a mask. And now, yeah, now the next thing is like when they're going to be like March 2020, you could be like, oh, God, no. We touched on it just just a hair. I want to talk about the acting. I have to say, as much as I love Free Larson, and I thought she was amazing in this movie, I thought she should have won, all that stuff, Jacob Tremblay is the star. And how he wasn't nominated, you said this before, that's, that's what we talked about, but like how he wasn't nominated, how, I, I, think, I think he was better, an eight-year-old was better than an adult. I, I can tell you right now that he is still that good because remember no, I know in Dr. Sleep that Rebecca Ferguson like pretty much in Dr. Sleep if you haven't listened to our review on that they they literally like rip him apart and like drink his blood and like so Rebecca Ferguson was like traumatized from doing that to a child he's like I want a soda and everyone was like he was so good and and um convincing like he was good even in, like, yeah. even in good good boys I feel like he was yeah. good like he, he just but also, like, I forgot when I rewatched this movie how much it's really told from his perspective. I always, for some reason, remember it being Brie Larson and, like, he was just, like, a supporting character. Really, it's he's the main character and Brie Larson's more supporting. He's the main think character, narrator in the book, I think. Yeah, and but that's I, I forgot he was the narrator in this movie. And I'm like, and then because Brie Larson kind of disappears for a little bit, which goes to, like, when she has the mental breakdown. And I was just like, oh, like, he is leading this movie and I'm enticed. As much as I would ever be, I'm like, this was yep. this is wild. But he also has like Joan Allen there, like helping him. Yeah, but he also, but it, he, he holds his own. He, yes, hand, he I think he carried the movie himself. In all honesty, like if he w- didn't give such a great performance, I don't think that this movie would have hit as hard. No, because, no, I don't think so either. No, because you have the scene where he's escaping. I think is what really. Not even that. It's just his. His wonderment and his naivety, like, is just, like, so great when he's just like, what is this? And, like, him warming up to everyone. But I think I think that was also the director, too, and, like, the cast. I think they really, I think that also helped the way they approached this movie. Like, they said they shot in sequence to help him, like, grow as the character grows. They said that like, the way the process of him and Brie Larson, like, forming a relationship was, like, super, like, super, super detailed, like, they they like almost became like friends before the movie even started because even to the point where like he couldn't even yell at her like he was so like he loved her so much and I'm like I I just think the work that came into this movie I think also made it like perfect. Mm-hmm. It's just I know I was watching this and I was like it reminded me of um what's the kid from is it Alan Kim from Minari yeah and it was like he I Jacob Tremblay is much better than that I think than Alan Kim was mm-hmm. in Minari I agree but I was just like. It's so crazy when you see an actor because you see kid actors and I'm like, you see the ones that are like terrible and I was like, how does this happen? How does this translate? Yeah, and like when he was like, when really when he was like when he found her after she tried like overdosing and killing herself, oh, like that was like, like his screams were like so intense. And then when he was also screaming at her, like like saying, "I want to go back to Rome." Yeah, I don't like this. I don't. I hate stupid this. I hate stupid that. I hate this. I want to go back to Rome. Like. Just his, his reaction is like, this is how a young child would react. Yeah. This is how they would scream. And it's just like, he was just so good. Like, it, it like it's so endearing. And it's like, a, like you said, it's like, it's amazing how like you can find a child actor like this. And then you find a child actor where you're just like, where the fuck did you come from? Yeah. Like, but, but I remember <laughs> if he stays with acting, if he stays with acting, I think he will get an Oscar if he continues to You said to do he this. was eight, right? They said he was eight playing five. So when he would have been the youngest nominated actor. Who is the nominee now? Or what was that Anna Paquin still? The youngest nominee. Or the girl from Beast of the Southern is is wow. is, is, is tied with uh, Jackie Cooper from a movie called Skippy in nineteen thirty one. And then Quavanjane Wallace. But the winner is Anna Pack. The no, the the winner is Tatum O'Neill for Paper oh, Moon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was Anna Paquin. Anna Paquin was eleven. When she won, it's, it's yeah. I can't believe. I hope he continues acting because I want him to get an Oscar. I remember how much we were like 
upset and like talking about it and we were just like why isn't he nominated it makes no sense why he is not nominated he was phenomenal I, it's it's crazy because the academy hates young you know what's young fu- you know what pisses me the fuck off at the academy they're literally they hate horror they don't like superhero they don't but yet they they don't like nominating younger kids unless like i feel like there's like there's unless they like they can't not and i feel like after jacob tremblay i feel like when there was that big motion they did like consider nominating little kids i mean there's a whole but list then they here. post on like instagram and twitter they're like oh look at these like look at all the the horror movies throughout oh, the that years. was like someone and recently on mother's day they did something for hereditary and everyone was like you're not allowed to post about this because you let tony collette just fall off the radar it was just, yeah so i'm like stop trying to be like look at all these great movies yes we know they're great movies but for some reason you're not acknowledging them <laughs> like, very just, like, rarely does a and i think two years in a row the lead actress went to a horror movie i feel two like years in a row misery and then Silence of the oh Land. i think oh. in like 2022 2021 oh, no. i was like, I was no, like no definitely not <laughs> was 1990 like, no. was was kathy bates one and then Ms. uh Jodie Foster one. Did for that guy nominated for Best Picture of Misery? No, she was the only nomination. Okay. I honestly feel like that they didn't nominate him for purely political reasons because it's like, you know, you have all these big these big wigs, big celebrities, and it's like, like if they don't get them to come to the Oscars, that means they don't get viewers. They don't get anyone to care about the Oscars. So they were just like, do we really want to pass up on, like, let's say, Leonardo DiCaprio over Jacob yeah, Tremblay? No, yeah. And it's like, fuck you. Jacob Tremblay could have won, like, best... Well, I mean, I just did best actor, but, like, he could have won that Oscar very easily. Yeah. I think he would have been under best supporting actor. No, yeah, that's why I was just like, oops, I mean... I, I think he should have been best who actor. Who won best supporting but... actor for that year? Um... Mark Rylance for The Bridge of Spies. He was good, but not as good. But no, yeah, he, I remember like everyone. That was a I, shock. I, I remember, yeah. everyone was like, oh, that was fuck? supposed to be uh, Sylvester Stallone. No, that was supposed. No, he was nominated. That was no, that was the year. What well, he wasn't nominated that year. Mark Rylance won the year Sylvester Stallone was nominated. No, for for yes. uh, Creed. No, it was supposed to be Christian Bale for Big Short. That's the one I remember seeing everyone saying. Who was, was the, who were the nominees? Hold on. Has Mark Rylance won nominees. two Oscars? No. The nominees for Best Supporting Actor are Mark Rylance. Christian Bale, Tom Hardy, Mark Ruffalo, Sylvester Stallone. No, it was supposed to be Sylvester Stallone. No, because uh, Christian Bale was winning the awards. I always, I think that that it, the that I, don't I don't think Sylvester Stallone won any of the. Yeah, awards I think he was not nom- of the. Uh, I think that they he was one of the front runners. I remember him being one of the. Fr- they let him bring his whole family. I I don't. Th- I think it was. He was the the front runner. For, I think he was like they were like he's getting a nomination. I don't think he was a he's winning the award. I don't know. I. I just remember, maybe it's because I thought Christian Bale was one of the weaker parts of that film. Steve Carell should have been fucking nominated That's, I over thought him. Steve Carell was better. I think it was because The Big Short overall was one of those films that it was like overplayed because of all the cast members versus like how it shouldn't have it got was. like a single That's one. Adam McKay's best film. I was like, I was like, I love Talladega Nights. No, yeah, there's all the other his like other ones uh, before he went like very. Uh, satirical like messages in his movies this movie i don't remember this movie being as depressed for some reason i thought there was more i don't remember being as depressing would you i don't know why i don't know why i thought there was more weirdly more humor in it like humor between the two of them i don't know why i don't know why don't ask me did this give you did this movie remind you of mass where it like was very depressing no 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 because i got like the vibe of mass where it was really depressing but had a very nice hopeful ending at the end because mass was one of those films where I'm like, I think I'm gonna go kill myself right now. Excuse me. <laughs> this I was not. But you can't. Well, I, see, I no. I thought I this. I was not. I didn't get the exact same height of. This I want to kill myself. This isn't like Requiem for a Dream where I'm like, no. Thank you for this. I'm gonna go jump off a building right Requiem now. Requiem for the Dream is like literally. I was like, I I want to go sit in a tub of water right now. No, no. no I, <laughs> mass was mass was like I I want to kill. It wasn't as high as a, I want to kill myself level. But it gave me that same like it's it's so depressing. It it doesn't let up. And then it has a nice hopeful ending at the end. That's where I was. No, I think when he gets out and he's in the hospital, I think that feeling of hopelessness and that dread doesn't last as long. Yeah. like oh, I meant the ending, though. Well, I mean, but like even as soon as they get out, even though Brie Larson's um, character, good mother, <laughs> Ma has a difficulty adjusting and everything like that. You still don't get that intense sense of depression because you're just watch. You're just so happy that. Jacob Tremblay's character is out of the situation and you see him growing and it's just kind of like it the second half of the movie is warm versus the coldness of the beginning of the movie I think that during the part where 
she's trying to get him out, like when she's trying to make him sick, you're more anxious than like un, um depressed. Depressed. No, I know. It's just I I forgot that like towards the end it was just like it was just like she I forgot she killed herself. She tries to kill herself and stuff like that. It just it, yes, it's not as the same level as mass, but it gave me those vibes. This is so, like Schindler's List, where I'm like, thanks. I never saw Schindler's List. We probably I probably will with this with this IMDb top two fifty. And you're it's three and a half hours of just pure tor- torture, like like mass torture, like uh, oh yes, worse than mass. Oh, there's one scene in that movie. Is that a yes or no? Yes. There's one scene, and you'll understand that scene when you see it, where you're like, I. I'm done. I am done. This movie, I can't. I've always wanted to watch. I just, I can't. I need to get, like, do you, prepare you, for Kelly, it. Kelly, have you seen Schindler's List? I've seen it once. Do you know the scene on the bus? No. With the kids? It's been a really long time, Jimmy. That is the, that is the scene I am talking I about. I just remember that it was hard for me to pay attention because I was just like, enough is enough. Anything else about Room before we move on to some more upbeat things? Oh. No. But we're going to now move on to MVP, LVP. Jimmy, what is your most valuable player? Jacob Tremblay. I'm assuming. Jacob Tremblay. Jacob Tremblay for me. Jimmy, what is your least valuable player, your LVP? William H. Macy's character. He was a dick. Ugh, I hated that scene. I was, was like, because so... you, I forgot that was the, I forgot, I like forgot a lot of this movie because I only seen it once. And I was like, oh, he doesn't want to, like, he doesn't want to recognize that as his kid, as his grandkid. And I was I like, mean, that's I, so I, like, I, I'm under, like, oh, I understand. No, I do, but coming from, but then you, but like but, when he wouldn't even look at him and, and like Brie Larson screaming at him, look at Jack. You know what it is? Look also, I just love Jacob Tremblay in this movie. I was like, how can you not look at this kid? I was like, he's amazing. I was, but I'm also going based on just the performance as well, which I don't, maybe that's what they were going for as well. But I was just like, it killed me. I was like, oh, you can't even look at him. I get why, but I, oh, it just breaks my heart. Kelly, your LVP, your yeah, it, it has to be William H Macy. At first, I was gonna say um, the reporter who was like interviewing her and like got ever got oh, her was, so upset. That was rude. That was so fucking rude the way she was acting towards her and asking her questions and like making it like being like, well, why the fuck did you get in that car, bitch? And she's yeah. like, no, it wasn't even that. It's like, why didn't you tell him to take him to the hospital in the beginning? But also I read there was a cut scene where she asks like saying, do you miss being capped or do you miss being like living in a door that can never open? She's see, like, that, can they ask stupid questions like this? And I was like, see, no, but that's like a legitimate question. The other one was just to make her feel bad, just to being like, he could have been out. He could have been living her feel bad life. too. Th- oh, sorry. I got confused. Okay. No, no, no. Like the, I thought, I think that the living in captivity, like, do you miss it? Like that is a legitimate, I think, question that people are wondering, not, I mean, people are wondering why, but, but if, if you were Brie Larson, you're like, I wouldn't know what he could have freaking threw him in a ditch and just buried him. Yeah, but I think they were just trying to get the essence for those type of interviews. But it's like those type of like, that's why I'm saying those those gotcha sensational questions that they ask. It was like, it was so infuriating to hear because it's just like, Jesus Christ. And it's like, she didn't even want to do it. And it's like, they they have the money. And especially coming from Laura and the Santa Claus. Couldn't believe it. Well, who's your LVP? Oh, um, the stress this movie caused me. Okay. That's that's what it is. I will go with William H Macy or the the captor guy, but um, I this movie caused me too much stress. Was it Big John? I thought it was Nick. Big Nick, no, old Nick, old, <laughs> old Nick. Nick. Win, lose. <laughs> so the rules. I will give them their buzzers. Hold on. That's, I don't know why that was so far. Um, I'm gonna give you three questions. Each question has multiple choice. Whoever gets the most answers correct wins. You can play at home. Number one, what was the name of Ma's captor? <laughs> A, Old Frank. D, B, Old Nick. Or C, Old Jack. Go. I think it was Jimmy. But his goes on longer than mine. No, I was based on who I heard first. Old Nick. Congratulations, you got that correct. I completely forgot what the words were. I'm like, oh, You God. almost won that because he probably almost forgot. Number two, where did this movie take place? A, Ohio, B, Massachusetts, C, Iowa. Go. Massachusetts. No. Chance to steal. Ohio. Correct. Tied. Ooh, last one. Here we go. This movie is a multinational co-production. What country was not involved with Room? A, Britain, B, Ireland, or C, France? Go. Jimmy. Ireland. No. Britain. No. France. Yes. Well, That's n- not neither fair. of you got it. So, 
Oh, I think once again. Is it film four? It's a what? Is it film four was one of the production companies? I don't remember. It I was knew it was Ireland, but I couldn't, I didn't know whether or not it was Britain or France. It was Britain, Ireland. It was a British, Irish, American, Canadian production. Uh, so it's tied. You both win or lose, however you want to take it. That's our celebratory. You both won. So whenever you tie, you go like that. Okay. So Jimmy, it is time now for ratings. I will give it a, you know what? I'll give it a 10. Kelly? I shall give it a 10. And I gave it a 10. I actually bought this movie. Are you really doing that? It's the a math? 10. <laughs> we are off from oh. the IMDb rating. It was an 8.1, which I'm kind of surprised by. Mm. Why not. do I feel like some Brie Larson pe- haters kind of like went and I voted? I don't even... Probably, no, no, look, I'm not talking to you. you. Know, but Probably what I'm saying is that you looked at her when you said Brie Larson hater. <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> you know I'm not a huge fan of Brie Larson, but I can't deny she's amazing No, in this she's movie. amazing in this. But I wonder if that's why it was... L- I wonder what it was in the beginning. The like, Captain Marvel haters. I would like <laughs> yeah. to see it before Captain Marvel. Th- that's what I'm curious. Stuff happened. I'm curious if it was like at least in high eights. Like, I feel like I can give it, because only like three movies are in the nine, so I won't, I can give it like high eights. Room is like one of the few movies that isn't a superhero movie that, or a Disney movie that I was just like, I have to own it. It's so fucking good. Oh my God. Okay. Well, Jimmy, that's Room. Do you want to give a, a hint to our next week's movie? Yes, I would love to. Um, <laughs> let's just say that I think Quentin Tarantino has seen this film and it's subtitled. Yes, it is It is our first subtitled foreign film. In the top 250. In the top 250 we are reviewing. Well, guys, yes. So look forward to that for next week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed Room, our number 194. And we're going to continue this for weeks to come. Uh, we will see you later. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening. You can hear us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we want to hear what you think. So leave us a review. Give us some likes on social media at Pop Horror Review. Click around www.poppoorreview.com. Become a member of our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash review for exclusive content and drink recipes. And one last thing before you go, make sure to check out the Titan Media Collective and Titan Cast Network. Enjoy the rest of your movie Monday. That was a Titan Cast episode.